Hey, Pathway, I am so glad you are here with us today. And while I might be via video, we are in this series called Walk With Me. And there is no doubt that God is with us here at Pathway. It has been incredible to watch God working. Last weekend, we celebrated 19 baptisms, and we are just continuing to see the Holy Spirit renew and revive, not just our church, but the Word is getting out in the community, and it is so awesome to be a part of. As you may or may not know, I'm Brian Bennett, the lead pastor here at Pathway, and I'm via video today because my family has faced some challenges over the last few weeks. Currently, right now, we're finishing our quarantine and isolation. We have four of our family members, myself included, uh, that have turned the corner on COVID. So we've had it and now we're doing better. And I was thinking about, you know, we're a beach community and if you've ever taken one of these and tried to hold it underwater, what happens, right? It just pops back up. It is so hard to hold a beach ball under ocean water or pool water. It's just gonna come right back up. And that is the reality of our life as we walk with Jesus, that, that we are a people that are resilient, that have hope, that just keep springing back up and bouncing back to life. And so I want to encourage you today that we are going to be looking at, in God's Word, Psalm 23 again, and this idea of hitting refresh. How do we hit refresh on our lives? How do we trust the Lord and experience this this resiliency, this restoration, this bounce back that our God gives us. We're experiencing it as a family. I believe Pathways experiencing it right now as a church community. And I believe God has something to say to you today about what that might look like for you to hit refresh. Hit refresh. Let's go to his word. Psalm 23, verse 3 is our core text for today. It says, He restores my soul, He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. This is a passage speaking of this good shepherd. I don't know if you've ever seen like this idea of restoration. Have you ever, like restoration is something that takes something that's broken or hurting or maybe has been through something, a piece of art that maybe has been, you know, damaged and then restores it to something better preferably. Let me show you, though, a few restoration pictures gone bad, some slides of, of some before and after. The, the source for these are the bright side. And uh, let me show you this first one here. You can see the before on, uh, on your left and, and on the right, the after. And you almost wonder, like, what was the restoration artist thinking? Uh, let me show you the second one here. Uh, this one, uh, they actually uh, removed the eyes and, and kind of took away in the second picture. They added a whole lot of color and light, and it just doesn't resemble the original in the same way. Here's a third picture. Uh, this is actually the Great Wall of China, and uh, who knows what, what the people are thinking. They're still investigating this one because the, the concrete that they use completely changed the design, the, the beauty, the artistry of, of the Great Wall in that particular section. Uh, here's a fourth one. Similar, they took a former castle kind of structure, modernized it in a way that probably felt like the right thing to do given the materials available, uh, but completely changed it in a way that wasn't true to its original design. 
Here's a last one, and this one some of you may have seen. Uh, this is actually out of Canada and is Mary and Jesus, and uh, really hard to understand what the artist was thinking uh, in recreating Jesus's face in a way that looks nothing like the original. And, and here's, here's what these bring to mind for us, right? Our God, as we hear in this passage, restores our soul. He is the ultimate restorer and, and the re restoration artist. His before and afters are nothing like what we just saw. He is good and can be trusted. And the key to any restoration project isn't the art itself, it's the artist behind it. You see, where the value in a piece of art typically comes from is not the product, but in the artist who created it. And this is what we need to remember when we think about hitting refresh and restoring our soul, is the God of the universe, our creator, is the one who, who reaches into our messiness and into our life. And, and as David the psalmist said, he restores our soul. And he doesn't mess up the before and after. He gets it right because he is good. But for many of us, we struggle to, to really follow him and to let him lead. You know, hitting refresh is one of those things that when he begins to move and, and, and begins to want to restore us, sometimes we rebel and we revert and we try to refresh in our way, not his way. Let me show you a quick clip that some of you may have seen on social media of a sheep being pulled out. Here you go. And you can see this young man pulling this sheep out of the trench. And uh, wow, victory for the sheep. And he begins to run and then boom, <laughs> right back in the same spot and in the same position. And if that doesn't make you laugh as a picture of what you and I can be like as sheep, I don't know what will today. Uh, the truth is there are times when God begins to restore and refresh us and we just revert right back to our same way of thinking and our same way of doing things. And I'm here to encourage you today that as we read this text again, let me read to you the, the first three verses and give you the big picture of a God who later in Jesus calls himself a good shepherd, who restores us, who refreshes us, who provides loving care to his sheep. And we don't want to be like the sheep that we just saw in that video, do we? We don't want to just run away from his care and go right back to what we're used to. And so let, let this kind of just sink in and speak to you here in Psalm 23. David begins in verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And we'll get to that verse next week as we look at a God who guides us and cares for us no matter what we're going through. As you think about this, this, this Peter Jeffrey, a commentary, a theologian says this, Psalm 23 is preeminently a psalm of privilege. It speaks throughout of what God does for his people. David is not praying in this psalm. He's not asking God to do something for him. Rather, he is rejoicing in what the Lord has done and continues to do in his life. And so this is about what God does, how God hits refresh. As we look at this, hitting refresh by restoring my soul, this is the, the first point in the first real heading here, is that God 
begins to restore our soul through forgiveness and a renewal of relationship. Aren't you glad that that Jesus digs into our drama? And in fact, Jesus digs into the drama in our life and he brings healing to our trauma. Oftentimes, our soul is in a place of brokenness or hurting. We've been through things in life. We've been beat up. We've been often felt like maybe damaged art. And then here's Jesus who enters into that drama, our messiness. He doesn't shame us. He doesn't point it out in a way that's harmful to us. In fact, what he does is says, I want to enter into to your drama. I want to enter into this messy, broken narrative of all of creation. I want to enter into your story. And then as I enter into that, I want to bring healing. I want to remove the trauma. God is a God that, that takes the things in our life and begins to heal and restore and refresh us. And we need to just recognize for a minute that unhealed trauma creates even more drama. I mean, can I get an amen? Whether you're online or in person, let me hear you right now. Unhealed trauma creates even more drama. Let me hear that amen. Because it's often out of that, those parts of our soul that are still hurting and wounded and broken, that that trauma we've been through, we begin to act out of. And that causes often a lot of the drama in our life. And, and David here was a shepherd who had also grown up to be a warrior and a king. He has trauma. He has things in his life. And he's looking to the good shepherd and he's saying, he restores my soul. We can hit refresh when we look at how God actually enters in and restores our soul. And I want to jump ahead to the New Testament, and I want to show you a little bit of how this played out in the life of a man named Peter. Uh, if you want to turn with me to John chapter 21, Peter is one of the apostles that, that often we can look to as this incredible hero of the faith. But if you know his backstory, you know that Peter was uh, somebody who had a short fuse, who often reacted rather than responded, who, who often did the right thing, or maybe with the right intent, but did it the wrong way. He often got caught with his foot in his mouth and made mistakes. In fact, at the end of Jesus's life, Jesus had predicted that, you know, this man, Peter, who would be the rock, the foundation on which he built his church, would actually deny him three times. Can you imagine how broken Peter must have felt to have denied his Lord and Savior, to have denied knowing Jesus, would have left him in a place of deep trauma. As that drama is unfolding, here comes Jesus entering into the scene, entering into that moment to actually lovingly refresh and restore Peter. Let's see how he does it. Pick it up in John chapter 1, verse 15. It says, When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? So they had just shared a meal. They had had breakfast. They actually had experienced a miracle where, in fact, many fish had been caught. And so they know that this, this is the risen Christ. This is Jesus in front of them. And now he's engaging relationally with Peter. He says to him, Peter does, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. 
<coughs> he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time. Can you imagine? So the first two times he's using the Greek word for love, agape. It's a sacrificial, surrendered kind of love that, that gives of itself. He says here the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And, and he uses uh, the word phileo, which in the Greek is a, a relational, friendly, brotherly kind of love. It's a deeper intimacy in that sense. And he says to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you don't want to go. This is what he said to show by the kind of death that he was going to have to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. It's pretty incredible to think about what this might mean for our lives. That in fact, God enters in. And you may have felt like you've denied or betrayed God at some point. Maybe you're coming back to faith. And you need to hear Jesus' words today. That, that he's saying, listen, I love you. And I forgive you. Do you love me? And, and the key is this relationship. When we see Peter's relationship with Jesus restored, it gives us hope because we know that Jesus enters in and through his forgiveness, he actually sets us free from our guilt, our trauma, our brokenness. And it's through that relationship that he begins to renew us. It's actually later in scripture that we see in a couple of places, in 1 John 1, 9, that, that our God is faithful and just to forgive our sins. And so anything we confess, we can trust that he's going to forgive. Peter would have had to acknowledge that what he had done in order to receive that kind of forgiveness and relationship. The second thing is that in Romans chapter 12, we actually see that because of the gospel and the good news of Jesus, that when we present ourselves as living sacrifices, when we begin to say, God, it's not about me, it's about you. When we begin, as this passage said, to let go of our way to follow his way, we actually begin to, in verse 2, experience what it calls a renewing of our mind, that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Now, all of this is part of what it means for us to follow a good shepherd who says, listen, I want to enter in, and, and as you confess and, and ask for forgiveness, or maybe as you confess the things that were done to you, the sin against you, I want to enter into that and I want to forgive you. I want to heal you. I want to allow you to forgive those that hurt you. And I want to restore a relationship. I mean, that is the ultimate refresh. And the incredible thing about that is that it goes on to say in Psalm 23 that after he's restored our soul, he leads us in paths of righteousness. And so as God begins to do this in our life, he restores our soul and then he begins to lead us in paths of righteousness. Uh, one of the uh, commentators uh, from the Lexham Theological Wordbook says this about this idea of paths of righteousness. He says, righteousness is the conformity or obedience to a standard or obligation that is normally understood to be morally good, such that the expectations and requirements of relationship toward God and neighbor are satisfied. You see, as, as God restores us, as he renews our mind and we begin to walk with him, 
he then leads us in paths of righteousness. And that path of righteousness isn't just about our vertical relationship with God. It's about our horizontal relationship with others, with our neighbors, in fact. One of the things I've been so excited about is the way that pathway as a church family and community has embraced our mission. Our mission, just to remind you, is loving God and loving all people in our pathway. That, that in fact, we know that when God is leading us in paths of righteousness, it isn't just about us. It's about the people that he's placing in front of us. One of the things that has been so exciting is to just see how our Love 100 kits have just been taken out into the community as we love our neighbors, as we serve them. And I want to encourage you that more of these are on the way, that very soon you'll be able to pick these up in our cafe area. There'll be a display. And so throughout the year, you will be able, anytime you need them, to pick these up. Because I believe, and we believe, that to love God and love all people on our pathway will result in some practical moments where God has led us in a path of righteousness and we see a neighbor in front of us and he says, I want you to love them. And you know, the thing about it, Peter actually did this. Uh, Peter, as I said, was somebody that in the gospels made a number of mistakes and had mishaps. And, and in fact, what we see then in the book of Acts, and he later would write uh, in the epistles in 1 Peter and 2 Peter, uh, we would see just a, a real difference in the life of Peter. It was almost as if when the Holy Spirit was given to Peter, his nature didn't completely change. He was bold, he was quick to respond and take a leadership role, but he was also under the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is so important to understand that when God begins to lead us, as it says in verse 3 again, that he leads us in paths of righteousness, that he doesn't leave us alone in that. That in fact, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit uh, to follow Jesus in all of life. And this is amazing to watch play out in Peter's life, that, that he had a good shepherd that said, okay, you're going to follow me, but I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, just like I'm going to give it to all the believers that, that confess. And so when you and I experience this relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit is given to us as well. And that empowers us. That's what leads us. And when you think about this, one of the questions we may need to ask is, are we being led more by the flesh or by the Spirit? You see, part of hitting refresh is moving from our flesh to being more and more in line with the Spirit. And again, this is what we see in Peter's life. Let me just show you a couple of snapshots of how God led Peter, of how, in fact, as he was filled with the Spirit in Acts chapter 1 and 2, that, that God began working through Peter in paths of righteousness. The first instance in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit is poured out, and he and the other disciples begin speaking in other tongues. Now, this wasn't the gift of the Spirit of, of the prayer language of tongues in this moment. In Acts chapter 2, we see that this particular moment was for all the believers at Pentecost in Jerusalem to hear in their native tongue. You see, you had all of these different nations present worshiping that wouldn't be able to hear the message of the gospel unless it came forth with this one language. So the Holy Spirit fills Peter and he begins to speak to the crowd. And this again shows that 
then right out of the gate, Peter is being led in a path of righteousness that is going to be for all people, all people that God would begin to play in his path, put in his pathway. This is a part of loving our neighbor is whoever God is beginning to put in, trusting him and the Holy Spirit in us to help share with others the good news. Notice how Peter words it here at the end of Acts chapter 2, verse 36. This is actually in the New Living Translation. He says, this is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened through Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles, he says, are witnesses of all he did throughout Judea and Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him to life on the third day. And then a God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after you rose from the dead. Peter delivers this message and begins to let them know that, listen, this Jesus has rose again. This Jesus is the one that you saw crucified that is now alive and on the move. And as we come to him, he is asking us to just walk with him. Peter is being used in paths of righteousness to reach new people groups, to to reach his neighbors. But it doesn't just end there. As Peter begins to walk with Jesus and as God is refreshing him and restoring his soul and leading him, we see in Acts chapter 3 a moment of healing where actually the Holy Spirit through Peter helps heal a blind, I'm sorry, not a blind man, but a beggar, somebody who needed healing and a divine touch. Again, Peter is filled with the same Holy Spirit that is available to you and I. And so as he's leading him in this path, Peter then turns boldly and tells the man, listen, I don't have the money you need, but what I do have in the name of Jesus, rise. And I gotta tell you, I love the fact that these paths of righteousness, when we begin to hit refresh, we begin to see the world around us with new eyes. When people have money or don't have money, when people look like us or don't look like us, when people speak our language or don't speak our language, what we see in the message of the gospel in the early church, what we see in the work through Peter's life is a God who says, listen, I love all of the people Will you trust me? Will you walk with me? Will you let me use you? Part of hitting refresh is hitting a refresh on our purpose and beginning to see the world around us through God's eyes. So Peter is doing that, and it begins to cause some some commotion. And in chapter 3, verse 19, he again delivers a message in the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's what he says. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment, say that with me, times of refreshment, come on, did you say it? Drop it in the comments if you're online with me right now. Times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Peter is saying, listen, if you'll repent and experience this renewal and restoration from the Lord, you're going to experience in his presence 
times of refreshment. I got to tell you, that is what the Lord has been doing for my family through a very difficult season. We have been experienced not in our own strength, not in our own ability, but in the Lord's spirit and his presence, refreshment. And as others as a part of Pathway have loved us and encouraged us and prayed for us during this time, God's presence in them has helped refresh us. I love how, how the Lord works when we walk with him. It isn't just done there, though, for Peter. He keeps walking with Jesus. In fact, in chapter 4, the religious leaders in, in Acts uh, chapter 4 begin to get stirred up. They, they begin to get concerned about their power, their control. And, and they begin to try to shut down the refreshing that is happening through Peter. And, and what they begin to do is tell them, listen, you can't preach this Jesus anymore. He says, Lord, give me boldness and says, I'm going to obey God before I obey man. And, and so they keep preaching. And it says that when they pray that the ground is shaken, literally the, the community, the culture around them is being shaken by the power of the spirit as God is working through them to refresh their lives and their world. I just believe that God is doing a special work right now, hitting refresh again with those of us that call Pathway home. And if you're a visitor, welcome. You're walking in to a season of refreshing where God is restoring souls, where he's leading us in new paths of righteousness. And jumping ahead to, towards the middle of Acts, we see another moment where Peter is being led in a path of righteousness He's doing one thing and suddenly God says, listen, this message isn't just for Jews, it's for Gentiles. And I got to tell you, I'm so glad that Peter was walking with Jesus and obedient and open to his leading. In Acts chapter 10, we actually see the moment where he, he begins to describe that the Holy Spirit was just given to the Gentile believers. And here's what he says in verse 34. It says, then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of the good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. The amazing reality is that the power of the Holy Spirit that, that falls on the people is available to all nations, to all people, and that it is extending this border in a way that they were seeing the gospel go over any barrier, any boundary, because of God's love and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our church, our community, our country, and our world needs a people that are literally in this season saying, God, I want to hit refresh. I want you to restore my soul I, I want you to lead me in paths of righteousness. I want you to open my eyes to my neighbors and to the people around me. I don't want to put limitations, Lord, on what you can do. I, I don't want to hold back from how you want to show, my, show your love to others. I want you to lead me. And again, as I was preparing and praying for this message, I could not shake what I was seeing in the correlation between Psalm 23, this good shepherd, and who the good shepherd was to Peter. You see, Peter was a loose cannon that found restoration and refreshment and began to walk with Jesus in a right relationship. And that began to change everything. Now, as we hit refresh and as he leads us in these new paths, 
God is going to move and do miraculous things. As that happens, we need to understand that the last part of hitting refresh, it's not because of me or you, it's for His name's sake. It is all about God's glory, not ours. And this is so important in this day and age we live in. You see, our focus shouldn't be on our fame or even the fame of our church. It should be putting respect on His name. Let me say that again. Our focus should not be, as we're walking in these paths of righteousness, as God's hitting refresh and doing incredible things, it isn't on our fame, but putting respect on God's name. That last part of verse 3 said, He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. For His name's sake means that, that our God, who is holy, who is loving, who is faithful, who is full of wisdom in all of the attributes attributes and characteristics of who God is. He has revealed those to us and he is true to his name and character. And as we walk in these paths, it isn't about our fame. It's about putting respect on his name that our world would see what a great and mighty and incredibly holy and loving God we serve. Now, when we begin to shift our focus off of ourself and we begin to look at what does that then mean? That God is all of these things, that he wants to guide us and care for us and lead us. It may lead us to a place where the Holy Spirit is convicting us of areas of our life that need his touch. It's a word that is thrown around sometimes biblically and in our church circles called repentance. Uh, Repentance, we need to understand, leads to refreshing and restoration. This word repentance is not to be scared of. It's not, not a word that should frighten us or maybe to spit it out. Maybe we have a bad taste because of how people have used it in the past. But let me tell you, at its core, repentance means that we turn from one direction and way to another. If you remember the video clip at the beginning of the sheep, it's not a sheep that that feels the the pull of the shepherd and then runs right back to what it's doing it's it would have been a sheep that feels the pull of the shepherd and says i'm going to turn now from my way from from what i've been doing i'm going to repent and turn a new way and turn to god this repentance leads to our ultimate refreshing and in first peter again we hear from peter himself who, who begins to point us to this, and this is where we'll close today. He says, he personally carried our sins, 1 Peter 2, verse 24 and 25, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. We are hitting refresh today by turning back to the Good Shepherd, by confessing anything we need to. Maybe by way of our sin, there's things we need to repent of and confess and ask for forgiveness. Maybe it's how we've been viewing others that God wants to move in our hearts today to hit refresh. I don't know what that looks like for you, but I believe and have been praying that this would be a turning point, that that literally hitting refresh in this moment would be you and I turning to the Lord 
in a new way and saying, I'm ready, God. I'm ready for that relationship with Jesus. I'm ready to be restored. I'm ready to walk in your paths of righteousness, not for my sake, but for yours. I'm ready to put some respect on your name. I'm ready to make you famous and to give you glory for what you have done in my life. Our God is the ultimate restoration artist, and he is ready to refresh you and I today. As you think about this, it may be some things that you need to let go of that you've been holding on to, some things that you need to just bring in front of the Lord. And so I've got three next step questions as we prepare today to receive communion. The the first question is this, will you bring your trauma and your drama to Jesus today? Will you bring whatever trauma and brokenness you've been through and will you bring it into the presence of the Lord? allowing him to bring refreshment. Secondly, will you follow his lead on the path he has for you? Will you allow him to lead you in paths of righteousness? Whatever that looks like as you just walk with him and begin to love your neighbor and do good works for his glory, will you follow his lead and let go of your plan? Peter did, and it changed his life. Thirdly, will you worry less about your fame and live to put some respect on his name. Church, I am so excited about what God is doing. And I believe this message today is one that calls us to the cross, calls us to communion in a moment that today we're gonna receive together. We're gonna have a time to respond. The altars are gonna be open. Communion is being served. And as you receive the wafer that has been broken, It symbolizes Jesus's body that was broken for us on the cross. Remember, by his wounds, by his brokenness, ours are healed. We also receive the juice that is a symbol of his blood, his covering for our sins. And I believe if we will come to him now in full repentance, that streams of refreshing are coming our way. It's time to hit refresh on your relationship with God, on the path you're walking with him and on what your life is ultimately about because it's about his name, his fame, and his glory. And when we get that, life becomes an adventure of walking with Jesus. I'm gonna pray us into a time of response and a time of communion. I hope today you feel the Lord refreshing you. Jesus, we love you and praise you. We thank you that today as we receive communion, We are receiving your body that was broken, your blood that was shed. We confess that we are sinners in need of a savior. And Father, we thank you that you are a God who restores our soul, that you set in motion paths of righteousness righteousness for us to walk in, and that we do this for your name and fame and your glory because of your character and who you are. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for Peter, how you used Peter, how Peter today can encourage us that no matter what we've done, you were there to forgive us and to refresh us. So Holy Spirit, come now and bless this time of worship, of communion, of coming to you at the altar. I pray that this will be a time of incredible refreshment and we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, Pathway. Enjoy this time of refreshment as you worship him together and as you receive communion. I'll see you soon.